Absolutely awesome to see you this evening. We're glad that you're here. If I haven't met you before, my name is Grant. I'm one of the teaching pastors here at Christ the King, and I'm just so thrilled that you would take an hour of your Christmas Eve and come and worship together with us. I went to Walmart on Monday night. I went there because I'm an idiot, all right? I mean, my plan was, was to kind of slip in, grab my stuff, and get out in one piece. Being in Walmart four days before Christmas, that's as close to hell as I ever want to get. I mean, it was a madhouse in there. It was unbelievable. So I got my stuff. I fought my way to the self-checkout stand. I stared down some old lady that wanted to take my spot in line. You know, and, and then I got to listen to one of the best Christmas conversations that I've ever heard. I couldn't even barely tell the story in the last service because the family that I was watching was here in the last service. They were actually right here, right over there is where they were sitting together. But this is what happened. Little boy was standing with his dad and he was standing like this. Bottom lips stuck out, scowl on his face. And I heard him say to his dad, I don't want socks for Christmas. His dad replied, these socks are not your Christmas gift, but they will be if you don't change your attitude. That's how the conversation went. I mean, this little guy was absolutely convinced that the socks in his dad's hand were his gift. What he didn't know is that his mom was hiding out three checkout stands down with one of the best-looking remote control cars that I have ever seen. The kind of remote control car that the pastor of Christ the King would love for Christmas, all right? <laughs> he was convinced that Christmas equaled socks this year. He was convinced his parents were cheap. He was so convinced that he couldn't release the idea long enough to entertain the novel thought that maybe his dad and mom had something far better in store for him than he could even imagine. Well, over the past three weeks, we've had a front row seat watching people of the Christmas story release parts of their lives in order to receive something far, far better. First week of the series, we watched as the wise men released an entire season of their lives to follow a star and a dream. We were amazed to see God come so near to him that they were almost able to touch him. We saw them worship him with gifts of gold, a gift fit for a king, a gift of frankincense. A gift for a priest. And myrrh, the unthinkable gift, a gift that you would only bring to a funeral if somebody was going or had died. We watched God choose blue-collar shepherds to receive the big announcement. We saw them release a responsibility that allowed God, or allowed them to see God with their own eyes. Last Sunday morning, we saw Joseph release his reputation in obedience to God. And then we got to picture what it would have been like for Joseph to have actually held the Son of God in his hands. Finally, we saw Mary release her future plans, her physical body, her dreams. We saw Mary surrender her life, and God drew as near as a human being possibly could. For each of them, they released a little part of their life. And in response, God got unbelievably close. Well, on this Christmas Eve, we're going to turn a corner. We've been spending this whole month talking about Christmas from, a heaven, or from an earthly perspective, and now we're going to change, and we're going to look at it from a heavenly perspective. We're going to see Jesus release his power, his position, and his perfection so that he could come here, so that on this Christmas Eve, we could actually draw near. We've looked at the human side, but now we're going to turn the table, and we're going to look at it from God's side, God's perspective. 
The Bible doesn't tell us much about what happened in God's part of the universe on that first Christmas Eve. So that leaves me to ask some questions. What do you think it was like on the first Christmas Eve? What kind of a conversation happened between God the Father and God the Son? I mean, all we really know is that God the Father's full attention was on Jesus and on you and on me, the mission that Jesus was going to. I mean, but what did they talk about before he left? What, what happened? What was it like? Well, we have no idea, but I kind of picture it this way. To me, in my mind, it goes this way. God the Father and God the Son. A Father, a Son, and a throne room. A conversation. A plan, an unthinkable plan. Not a condemnation plan, not a judgment plan, not a plan for devastation. No, an unthinkable plan. An unthinkable approach. The approach of grace. The approach of mercy, the approach of forgiveness, the approach of love. Not easy love, unbelievably costly love. Very costly love. The most costly love. A father and a son. A conversation. No questions. They both already have the answers. All-knowing, all-powerful, all-present, but unbelievably quiet. Just an easy-flowing conversation. Well, that's eavesdropping. I love you, son. I know, Dad. I always have. I always will. I know, Dad. It's time, Jesus. I know, Dad. You know you don't have to, Jesus. Yes, I do, Dad. But it's dirty down there, Jesus. I know, Dad. It's dark down there, Jesus. I know, Dad. It's sinful down there, Jesus. I know, Dad. This won't end well. They're not going to know you. They won't hear you. They won't recognize you. Well, some will, Dad. Enough will. But this isn't going to end well. Without the shedding of blood, Jesus, your blood, your pain, your life, it will end well, Dad. Because just when they think it's over, it'll just be beginning. I'll go. I will surrender, I will love, I will work, I will cover, I will forgive, I will be salvation for them, I will bring peace, I will be peace, I'll be wonderful, I will be counselor, I will be mighty God for them, I'll be the gift, I will be near. And it'll end well. It will end right, it will end perfect. I know, son. But are you sure, son? Are you positive? Do you know what it means? Do you know what it will cost? Are you absolutely certain, Jesus? I am, Dad. I am. Let's go, Jesus. Godspeed, son. Goodbye, Dad. Goodbye, son. Uh, son? Yes, Dad? always here. I'm always near. But you save them, Jesus. You save them. Father, Son. One final look, one final touch, a, a change, power being restrained, strength being bridled, smaller and smaller still, moving quickly between time and space, from one world to another, one perfect place to a broken place, still smaller. Even smaller, unthinkably small. An angel, a 
whisper. I promise nothing is impossible with God. A girl, a life, a speck, growing fast, cell upon cell, God's design, a heartbeat, skin, a brain, fingers, toes, eyes, nose, a life, one solitary life beginning to move. A small space for a very big God, growing days, weeks, months, warmth, fluid, breathing, resting, preparing, knowing, sleeping, being awake, quiet, and then it's time. Tightening, moving, shifting, scrunching slowly, smaller still, noises, cries, screams, moving, struggling, pushing, exhaustion, and then light. Breathing, arriving, crying, feeling, living, and then a face, a mother, another face, a father, Mary, Joseph. It's good. But then a smell. What is that? Oh, yeah, animals. I made them, I know, holding, being held, covering, being covered, loving, and being loved, all to say, I am here, I am near, for all of you, he is and I am. What a gift. Pastor Sam is going to come and lead us as we contemplate just how beautiful that gift was. Sam, if you would please. Justice issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And everyone went into his town, his own town, to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem in the town of David because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths, placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night, and an angel of the Lord appeared to them. The glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. The angel said to them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all of the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. That's the gift of God. The gift that God came near in the form of a helpless baby. I don't know if you've seen a baby lately, but they're helpless. I mean, they can't do anything. They can't walk. They can't talk. They can't run a fantasy football team. They can't eat a burger. They're helpless. The one thing I'm absolutely positive tonight is that the babies in the nursery will not overthrow the nursery. It's not going to happen because babies are helpless. And that's how God chose to come. Jesus chose to become flesh. He chose to come low, humble, virtually unnoticed, and he was coming to save the world. 
In coming that way, Jesus chose to release so much. And John chapter 1 doesn't look like it's much of a Christmas story, but if you unpack it, it really is. And tonight, for just a few moments, I just want to give you some of the things that Jesus released in order to become the gift of God to me and to you. It says in John chapter 1, and every time you hear the word, word, think Jesus. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. This verse tells us firsthand that Jesus released his power. Now make sure you get the words right, okay? Jesus did not relinquish his power. He didn't give it up. He laid it aside willingly. He chose to to harness the power that, that spoke the worlds into existence to become just like me and you. And make no mistake about it. The power of God was fully available to him. In a split second, he could have called it back. But he chose instead to live a human life, a contained life, a normal life. He chose to come here to shine in the darkness. He came to seek and save the lost. He chose not to overwhelm us with his power, and he so easily could have. He chose instead to reach, to care, to love, to lay aside his power, and to actually live like we live. And then he went a step further and chose to die so that you and I could live. That is the gift of God. John 1 goes on and says this, it says, the true life that gives light to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world didn't recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own didn't receive him. Yet to all who received him, to them who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent or of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God, those precious verses show us that Jesus released his position. This one amazes me. He stepped down from his rightful position. He came to touch humanity. And the travesty of the Christmas story is that people missed him. They just missed him. At this time of the world, people were looking for a Messiah, and he was right there in front of them, and they missed him because he didn't show up in the way that they were expecting. Do you know what they were expecting? They were expecting a warrior king. A conquering king, a delivering king, an all-consuming king, and what they got was a baby. Think about it. A baby. I mean, I don't know about you, but I've never seen a baby conquer anything, with the exception of the mom and the dad that they were born to. They conquer that very easily. I want to make sure everybody understands what I'm saying. Jesus released his position to come on that first Christmas. And that happens in the middle of the book. But if you jump to the end of the book, he picks his position back up again. And he returns triumphantly as a warrior king, a triumphant king, a delivering king, a Messiah king. And that day is a day that believers dream about because in that day, with his full position available to him, Jesus as God will be worshipped and praised. My friends, humanity may have missed him the first time, but make no doubt about it, ain't nobody going to miss him the second time around. Amen? That's what it is. You know, it's almost unthinkable. That God didn't make man come to him. 
that he loved people so much that he was willing to lay aside his position and come this direction. What an amazing gift. We've got one more release to cover. Maybe the most precious. John 1.14 says this, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and the only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. That verse captures the essence of Christmas. It teaches us that Jesus released his perfection, that he became human, that he took on human flesh and lived here among us, that he stepped out of heaven so that he could know you, that he could feel what you feel, experience what you experience, hurt like you hurt, celebrate like you celebrate. I mean, why in the world would God step out of perfection to come here? There's only one reason. He loves you. I don't understand it. He loves me. That's why he came, and that is the gift of God. The Apostle Paul said, your attitude should be that is the same of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, didn't consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing. Taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. I know we like Christmas trees. There's a cross hanging in the church for a reason, because that was the gift of God. This one just kills me, the fact that Jesus chose to fully embrace humanity. I mean, think about it. God chose to deal with human stuff, body stuff, over perfection. Jesus chose dirt over something that was perfectly clean. And as a person who's borderline OCD and loves clean very, very much, I don't understand that at all. Jesus chose germs and coughing and dust and dealing with people over his perfect world. And he did it because he loves you. Think about it. Jesus chose us over home. Jesus chose us over himself. That is the gift of God. He chose to live up to his name, Emmanuel, which means God with us, which means he's here. It means he's near. What I love more than anything about God is that he's here even when life's not perfect. I love that he's here when the economy's bad and people are struggling. I love that he's near in the family tension you're going to feel in the next 36 hours. I love that he's near when you're sick. I love that he's near when you're bankrupt. I love that he's near when you have more questions than answers. I love that he's here in the noise and the hustle and the bustle. I love that he's near when we worship and that he's near when we struggle with worrying. I love that he's near when it's just plain hard to believe that he actually is. I love that he's here right now on this silent night, this holy night. And as we get ready to sing that song, I have a question. Have you accepted the gift of God? Do you know what it means to respond to his love? I know he's drawn near to you. That's why we celebrate Christmas. Have you drawn near to him? James 4.8 says, draw near to God and he 
will draw near to you. Not he might, not he's thinking about it, not he might get around to it somewhere around the 31st. It says he will draw near to you. Have you accepted the gift? Have you reached out to him and received his forgiveness? Have you given your life to the one who gave himself for you? When I was being a complete rebellious punk, when I was spending most of my time telling God where to get off, he would draw near to me through music. He has his own way with every single person, but for me, every single time I thought I'd finally convinced him to leave me alone, he would drop a song right in front of me. It was his way of drawing near to me, even though I was telling him to go away. One of the songs that captured my heart and pulled me back from the edge and saved my life, said, you came a little baby and you left a dying man. Some people say you lost it all, but I think it all was planned. I think you knew right from the start just what the end would be. And I believe that Jesus did it all for me. All for me, all for he came and cried and bled and died. He did all that he could do. And I believe that Jesus did it all for you. That's the gift of God. That's what makes this a Merry Christmas. John 1 says, the true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. And so in a moment, we're going to celebrate God with us. We're going to celebrate that light would come into the darkness and shine a light that can touch every single heart that is open to him. So in a few moments, as we get ready to celebrate that God is near, we're going to begin to sing probably the most famous Christmas song of all. And I'm going to ask you to sing it with us. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright. This might be the only moment that is calm in the next couple of days. But let's embrace it. Let's enjoy it together. I'm going to give you just a couple of guidelines as we get started. It kind of goes like this. Once somebody lights your candle, you need to go and light somebody else's. You got to share it. And, and sections don't discriminate. You know, go across the aisle. Get it to everybody that you possibly can. And if you've got to walk a couple of seats... Please do that. We want the whole room to be filled with candlelight tonight as we sing. I also want to say this as a disclaimer. Um, I am not responsible for the flammability of the person who's standing in front of you. I don't have any control over how much cologne or hairspray they used. So, if you could please keep your candle in your personal space, we would love that. Because if you light somebody on fire, we'll have to put it on YouTube and we just don't want to have to do that, okay? <laughs> But in just a couple of moments, I'm going to invite some of the folks that are here in some of the front rows to come and light their candle and then to walk light back to whoever needs to get it. And we're going to let light spread across this room. Remember, once you've got light, you need to share it. So let's join together in this holy moment, this quiet moment that to all of us really is the gift of God. Once your candle is lit, would you stand? Would you join us? 
as we worship God together. So I'm going to ask a bunch of you, if you come from the front rows, can you come and help me out? If you could light your candles and then head on back and light as many people as you possibly can.
May the God who became flesh, who lived among us so that we could know the gift of God, may he be your Prince of Peace, your wonderful Counselor, your mighty God, your everlasting Father. May you know that he is here. May you know that he is near. May his presence cover you, your family, on this beautiful, beautiful holy night. May God bless you and go with you. May you receive his touch in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Merry Christmas. If you could do me a really big favor. These candles actually mean warmth to some very special people who live in the woods across from our church. And so tonight as you're leaving, if you could put your candle in one of those receptacles, we love to kind of put them together and, and, and take them as gifts to some very close friends who may not be nearly as warm as you are on this Christmas. May God bless you and may you walk in his warmth on this Christmas night. Merry Christmas, everybody.